We are all family, we're all welcome, and if it might have felt a little bit uncomfortable to sit or to start the conversation with someone you don't know, that's what we're going to be learning about tonight, of stepping and doing stuff that isn't necessarily comfortable straight away. Okay, so before I start, I'm just going to pray, um, but it's a great, uh, a real special uh, privilege to talk to you all, and yeah, thank you for, to Tim and for just a real pr- privilege to be able to do this. So yeah, Lord, I thank you, Jesus, for this evening, and I thank you for all of us gathered here, for all the special people here this evening, and thank you, Jesus, that everybody is, is special, that you know all of our names. And I thank you, Jesus, that there's a picture of each of you on God's fridge. I thank you that you love us that much. Thank you, Jesus, that for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whoever believes in him should not perish but have eternal life. And I thank you, Jesus, that eternal life is that we may know you. You say that this is eternal life, that they may know you, the only true God and Jesus Christ, whom you have sent. Yeah, thank you, Father, that we can know you, that eternal life can start right now in knowing you, to having real relationship with you. Yeah, thank you, Jesus, that's what you made us for, for relationship with you. And I pray, Jesus, that this evening, that as we look at your word and your scripture that is alive, that we get to know you more. Amen. Amen. Uh, It's going to be um, probably an ongoing prayer, because I really believe that prayer is a conversation and there's a, I, love, there's, I love quotes as well. One quote is Smith Wigglesworth. He says, I never spend 15 minutes praying. I n- never spend 15 minutes praying. But I don't go 15 minutes without praying. Because it's always a conversation. Yeah, and he, he's always praying. Okay. So, um, I, almost every week I get a tune of the week that either someone... So someone gives me, or I just listen to one and it sticks in my head for a long time, and I feel that's like God speaks to me a lot through songs the whole time. And the, the song last week was a song by United Pursuit, this, this, this band, that, and this, the song was, I, um, I was made by you, and I was made for you, and I'm unfulfilled without communion with you. And that is it's, it's amazing amazing song. Lord, I thank you, Jesus, that we have communion. We get to have communion with God, that he's always with us wherever we go. Jesus also said that he is the resurrection and the life, that he who believes in me will live even though he dies, and whoever lives and believes in me will never die. And it's amazing to be able to stand here and preach, and to preach from the word, the good news that that we get eternal life in Jesus. And a great friend of mine, um, Andrew Caitlin's brother, wrote this book, and it's called The Good News That Keeps Getting Better. And that's where we get to preach that Jesus is the good news that keeps getting better and better. Neither death nor life, neither angels nor demons, neither the present nor the future, nor any powers, neither height nor depth, nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus our Lord. I think that pretty much covers everything, that nothing can separate us from his love, that Jesus, he died for each of us, he loves us so much, and to be this close to us, that nothing can separate us from his love, nothing at all, and I sometimes think that sometimes God feels miles away and feels distant, but that stuff that like, we've we put in the way, or I've put in the way, that God feels distant, but actually he's this close to me, he's, he, Jesus sent his 
where Jesus lived and died to, to, and gave everything, his whole life, to be this close to us. So I'm excited by this, uh, this passage we're about to read. I'm really excited, and uh, it gives me a lot of joy. The, the joy of the Lord is my strength. The joy of the Lord can be our strength. And the joy, I think joy is the key, and faith is meant to be fun, my dad is here this evening, and, and my dad has told me several times that faith is meant to be fun, so I can get to say it back to you now, that faith is meant to be fun, and I, it's fun, and Jesus is the king of fun. He's the king of adventure, and I, I live for that excitement, that adventure, that it's not kind of dull and boring, it's Jesus' life to the full. Um, so, we get to read his word. Now, Josh is going to read us the passage. Josh is a, a dear friend of mine visiting from Bristol. Um, you pressed the... Yeah, I have pressed it, actually. Okay. Um, there we are. So, yeah, so, Josh, you're going to read from uh, Matthew, chapter 14, verse 22, which is page 9, nine to 8, if you want to um, get there in your Bibles. I'll give you and a moment. what has just happened is Jesus has just, Jesus has just fed the 5,000. So that's what's just happened. 5,000 people fed which is five loaves, two fish, and they've had 12 baskets left over. And then we jump in with this story. So it starts at verse 22. Immediately, Jesus made the disciples get into the boat and go on ahead of him to the other side while he dismissed the crowd. After he had dismissed them, he went up on a mountainside by himself to pray. When the evening came, he was alone there, but the boat was already a considerable distance from land, buffeted by the waves because of the wind against it. Shortly before dawn, Jesus went out to them, walking on the lake. When the disciples saw him walking on the lake, they were terrified. It's a ghost, they said, and cried out in fear. But Jesus immediately said to them, Take courage, it is I don't be afraid. Lord, if it's you, Peter replied, tell me to come to you on the water. Come, he said. Then Peter got down out of the boat, walked on the water, and came towards Jesus. But when he saw the wind, he was afraid, and beginning to sink, cried out, Lord, save me. Immediately, Jesus reached out his hand and caught him. You of little faith, he said, why did you doubt? And when they climbed into the boat, the wind died down. Then those who were in the boat worshipped him, saying, truly, you are the son of God. When they crossed over, they landed at Gennesaret. And when the men of that place recognized Jesus... They sent word to all the surrounding country. People brought all who were ill to him and begged to let those who were ill just touch the edge of his cloak. And all who touched him were healed. Amen. Amen. Keep hold, keep hold. Um, <clears throat> thank you, Josh. Okay, so... There's the story. What we're going to do is I just, um, we're going to just go through the, the story and unpack because I believe God has this fresh truth from this for all of us to take something from this, this story because 
The Bible is alive, and it speaks to all of us. Um, I like this quote that, just to slide this one in, that um, scripture is an invitation, and Jesus is the party. And so the scripture is always inviting us into the relationship we get to have with Jesus. And, it's, and knowing Jesus is like a party. And it's, um, he, he is amazing. So, the, so let's jump right in. So this, this story um, is all about, well, overall, it's all about getting out of the boat. And I believe it's significant for all of us. It's, I'm pre- preaching to myself first up. And, but then it's significant for all of us, I think, individually and as a church, for us to, to, to be getting out of the boat. Um, I actually didn't particularly, initially, I didn't particularly want to be giving a talk, but then the whole talk is getting out of the boat and doing something that you're not comfortable with doing, so here I am. Um, yeah, so going through the, um, going through the story, because the Bible also is simple, I like just reading the book and doing what it says. And so this story, the, the first up, so we, um, the feeding of the 5,000 taking place, and Jesus sends the disciples in a boat, he says, he sends them off, and then, just to focus in on the first one, after he had dismissed them, he went up on a mountainside by himself to pray. He went by himself. And Jesus often did this. If you look back at other stories, he's often by himself praying. And I think that is key. That's the, that's the intimacy. That's the one-to-one relationship that Jesus had with the Father. And that's what we can have with the Father through Jesus. That one-to-one relationship that he just went to the Father straight away to hear directly from him, spend time with him, to receive from him. Um, and God, God loves it when we hang out with him, like we were just doing in that worship time when we are just hanging out with him. And God loves to spend time with us, with his, with his children. He loves that. I spent some time after um, university. I went to Mozambique for the summer straight away after to this a mission school with Heidi and Roland Baker, who are running it, who um, absolute heroes of mine. And it was it, it, the, the experience. Essentially, it, it smashed any kind of box I had God in beforehand that I would picture and have God in some kind of. That's who God is. It just it broke. We smashed the box completely out of the water. Absolutely obliterated the box. And yeah, God just being absolutely amazing. And that, a big thing for them is stop for the one. This um, this value, like a, a, core, a core value of stopping for the one. So stopping for the one who is the one straight away. Stop for the one who is the one. Like Jesus is the, the, the one. He's the king of kings, the, the lord of lords. And stopping for the one, like Jesus did here, by himself up a mountainside. Stopping for the one. Stopping with the Father. Spending time with the Father. So that's what Jesus did. And then he went. And then after that he went. So he stopped first up. So we let... You know, God chose us. He loves us first. Stopping for the Father first up. So that's before he did anything. He stopped by himself, went up a mountainside to pray. And then when evening came, so here we are, verse 23. When evening came, he was there alone. But the boat was already a considerable distance from land, buffeted by the waves because the wind was against it. And then here we go. Shortly before dawn, Jesus went out to them walking on the lake. So there was another, we, in our Bible study group, we read the message, we get a few versions to kind of work out what's going on. We, the message version, I love, and this and its message version is about 4 a.m. About 4 a.m. in the morning, Jesus went out to them walking on the water. Um, 
and I love that, that uh, four o'clock in the morning, storm going on, the disciples are in a boat, and then what's going on? There's a figure walks towards them, and it's Jesus who's walking on the walls at four o'clock in the morning. Um, and that does crack me up, um, that he would do that. <laughs> but f- I don't know if you've ever been by yourself, and you've gone you know, by yourself in the middle of the night in a dark place, and you'd see someone, I think you would, you would freak out. Last night I was at my parents' house, and I was downstairs quite late in the evening, and I was thinking, if someone came up at that point, I would really freak out. I, don't, well, I was trying to work out what my reaction would be. Would I attack? Would I go and hide? Would I scream? Um, yeah, I think yeah, I'd like to have thought I would attack. Um, <laughs> but I don't know, come, come the actual moment, I don't know. Um, but here it's at four o'clock in the morning, stormy seas going on, the disciples are in a boat, and Jesus was walking, and they, they, cried, they um, cried out in fear, and they thought it was a ghost. And again, the, the message version is they were scared out of their wits, scared out of their wits. And here it says that immediately Jesus said to them, and there's a couple of times where it says immediately, which is, which is amazing, because immediately, straight away, Jesus said to them, take courage, it is I, don't be afraid. So they said, take courage, don't be, don't be afraid, it's me. And then here we have this verse 28, which I want to focus on, which is Peter's response. Because Peter says, Lord, if it's you, tell me to come to you on the water. If it's you, tell me to come. And how many times do we have, I mean, I've, we can all hear from God. We can all expect to hear from God accurately through his word, that, that we have relationship with him and God speaks to us. And he wants to speak to us. And he can speak to us. And some, I often get things that come into my mind, and I'm thinking, Lord, is that me or is that God? You know, is that, is it, is that, where's that thought come from? And Peter's here, he says, if it's really you, Lord, if it's really you, would you tell me to come? If it's really you. And we have all, all this, those moments, in tiny little moments in a day, when God might drop something in, or might be speaking to us, or in the huge, big decisions, or the big moments, there's, God will be speaking to us. And there's the moment, Lord, if it's really you, would you tell me to come? If it's really you, would you tell me to come? If it's really you. And Jesus replies, Jesus' response is to come. He invites Peter out of the water. He invites him out. He says, come. Jesus says, come, come. And Peter, he, he saw Jesus doing something impossible, you know, right? Walking on the water. He saw him doing something absolutely impossible. And Peter says, would you allow me to walk on the impossible? And Jesus says, come. And Peter heard his voice because he knew his voice. Peter, would have, Peter was one of his disciples and would have been hanging out with Jesus, you know, the whole time, would have known him. And he saw Jesus and he, and he was like, Jesus, if it's really you, would you tell me to come? And he heard him and he responded. And he heard Jesus, and he recognized his voice. And I want, to, I want to be in a place where I know God's voice like that, where I can, in decisions, and I say, Lord, if it's really you, would you tell me to come? And I would recognize Jesus' voice when he says, come, and he invites, he invites me out into something, he invites me to step out, and he invites me to trust him, and to believe him, and have faith in him. And he invites that invitation. And I really feel, I really feel that Jesus is inviting all of us There's decisions going on, there's stuff going on, but he's inviting all of us to step out of the boat. All of us. The invitation is there. All of us saying to to come. All of us. 
I recently got inspired, well, um, Ramsey and I, we got inspired by a guy called John Wright, who, 82 years old, and he, his lifestyle is one of living out of, out of the boat. His faith in, in God is so real that every, like, he, walks, he walks around and his lifestyle of listening to God is one of stepping out in faith and, and responding to, to God's invitation on a daily basis. And you feel, you actually feel uncomfortable around him with the stuff that he's doing and he's sort of going off and praying for someone. You're uh, thinking, okay, well, that's going on. And, and it's, he's... You feel uncomfortable to be with him. But he, he told me, and he, he says that when God speaks to him, it's short, it's often foolish, appears foolish, and he doesn't want to do it. There are the three things when God speaks to him. And this one here, so Peter's on the edge of the boat. He's on the edge of the boat, and Jesus says, come. And it's, it's that, it's very short. You know, it's just, Jesus says, come. It's short, and it it's, appears foolish. You know, the disciples would have been, ter- he's, Peter's a fisherman, and he would have been terrified of drowning, right? That's a big fear, and he's to, the invitation to step out of the boat in the middle of the night into a storm, and it's foolish. And sometimes what God, stuff that God would tell us to do would seem foolish. But there's that verse, that in 1 Corinthians 1.27, God chose the something things to confound the wise, he chose the foolish things to confound the wise. Sometimes it appears foolish to us, but God's ways are not our ways. God's ways are not our ways. He's, he's, he's God. He's way above our thinking and our, you know, his plans are way bigger than our plans, than what we kind of see in front of us. So, and he probably didn't want to do it, Peter. I mean, if he's standing there thinking there's a point of... Do I really step out into this, this stormy, out of a boat, out of, what is, out of what is comfortable? But he goes for it. I mean, come on, Peter. He, he goes for it. He steps out of the boat. And it's, I think it's really important to be, when we're following Jesus, to be prepared to look foolish um, in the eyes of the world. I love the tune of the week as well. Another line of it was, um, there's, no, there's no shame in looking like a fool. There's no shame in looking like a fool because it's really important to, to know that it's to care more about what God thinks of us than what other people think of us. And that's one that's an ongoing thing, an ongoing battle, but to care more about what, what God thinks of us, his truth, what he says about us, than what other people think of us. And that will, that will free us of many, many fears that just, just deciding not to care what other people think, but to care more about what God thinks of us, his truth. There's earlier, um, well, it's, it's another, in John, there's, when Jesus is around and he's, he's walking around, there's, um, there's this verse, which there was many, even among the leaders, who believed in Jesus. But because of the Pharisees, they would not confess their faith. They, pray, they loved the praise from men more than the praise from God. You know, God, they, they, you know, they love the praise from men more than the praise of God. And that's, that's an ongoing challenge, that. But, you know, God's opinion is the most important thing. And he's made up his mind about us. He's made up his mind what he thinks about you. you know, he loves me a lot. I and mean, I love that. Jesus loves me a lot. And you, all of us, you can say that. You can point to yourself and say, Jesus loves you. And he, and he knows you. And no one, what he says about you, no one can take that away from you. Because he says that about you. No one else has said that. He says that about you, about you, that 
He's made up his mind about you. And I've written down, I have this in a, um, a book, another, another quote, but it's, I want to know you, God. I want to know you and your truth about me so well that no one's words will mean more to me than yours. That I, I want to know God so well and his truth about me so well that no one else's words will mean more to me than yours. Because it's true, what God says, he's truth. Jesus said he is the, the way, the truth, and the life. He, that's the truth. That's the, the rock that we can stand on. So on the, the edge of the boat, right, Peter's there, and Jesus is calling, and it's often, it's short, and it's foolish, and he didn't want to do it. And what, the not wanting to do it is like being on the edge of the boat, and, or the edge of a um, swimming pool. If you've been swimming recently, and you're gearing up to jump in, and that feeling when you're about to jump in, you're like, actually, I, I don't want to do it. Or you're about to dive in, and, yeah, and, you, and you know, that, that feeling, you know, what I mean? you know what I mean? And you're about to jump in, actually, and then some other, I'm, I'm comfortable, I'm dry, it's going to be, I don't know what it's down there. You know, it's gonna, it might be cold, all of that stuff. And it's, it's more comfortable staying dry on the edge. And you, can, you, um, you don't want to do it. And sometimes you get a nudge from God, and even when I was speaking about the nudges, it could be huge decisions that we're going through at the moment, or little things, just in the day-to-day. And I believe God, will, he will just be bringing stuff up for us. But when you get that nudge it, that, um, from God to do something, you, you, you would hear him speak to us, but then easily you can think of a hundred reasons not to do it straight away. And think, actually, no, I, I, no that's, that's not God, then no, I won't do it, I won't do it, I won't do it. And you can move on. And, and then what God actually wanted for you at that particular moment, then you actually know but God's, God's full of grace. He's full of grace. But I think in that moment, then we actually, we always have a decision to respond to the invitation. And come on for Peter. He goes for it. He steps out. The, the other disciples stayed in the boat. You know, it's only, we read it, it's only Peter who stepped out. Only Peter who responded to Jesus' invitation. It's only Peter who went for it. He walks towards Jesus. So that was it. So Jesus has come and he gets out of the boat and he's walking towards Jesus. And then verse 30, but when he saw the wind, he was afraid, and beginning to sink, he cried out, Lord, save me. There are times when we feel like we're beginning to sink. Okay, so we're, we're walking towards Jesus, and eyes are fixed on him, we're walking towards, but then there's things that distract us from him, the temptations and like distract us stuff in life, and we, we're suddenly we're not looking at Jesus straight away, and like he's not our own focus, and we begin to sink, and that happens to all of us, there's... Um, you know, beginning to sink, that feeling of, oh, I'm not actually, I know that I'm not walking towards what God has for me. I'm beginning to sink. And what happens is he cries out, Lord, save me. And this is something I've just, I'm learning from my mum, who says that when there's stuff in life, when we're not walking towards Jesus, when there's stuff, and beginning to sink, Peter cries out, Lord, save me. And that's something that I want to learn, I want to put into practice right away, is that when there's stuff, to cry out, to say, Lord, Lord, save me, Lord, save me, I'm beginning to sink, like I'm walking out, but I'm beginning to sink, and he cried out, Lord, save me, Lord, save me, and verse 31, which is another immediately, immediately, Jesus reached out his hand and caught him, immediately, straight away, you know, Jesus didn't hesitate, he, uh, he was, Jesus was straight away there, he caught him. And that's it. We, can't, we don't step out of the boat in our own strength. We don't walk in our own strength. We can't do what God is calling us to do in our own strength. We have to look to him and him only. Only him. And what, um, when we're doing what seems impossible, 
and we're walking towards, towards Jesus, when we're beginning to sink, we cry out, Lord, save me. Like that's the, the, one of the, I want that to be my first reaction of, help, Lord, save me. And then immediately Jesus is there, straight away. Straight away, he, he's there. And then verse 31, Jesus said, you of little faith, he said, why did you doubt? Which, I, I don't know how to take that one, because it's Jesus saying, you know, he's gone for the, the big jump, and he's walking towards, and then he picks him up, and Jesus says, you know, you of little faith, why did you doubt? You of little faith, why did you doubt? Because I think Jesus wants us, he wants us to have faith in him. He, he, he wants us to believe in him. He wants us to trust in him. There's this story that I've seen recently of a guy called Blondine, or Jean-Francois Gravelet, okay, so, um, who is a gymnast and a tightrope walker about 100 years ago. Has anybody heard of him? Blondie, yeah, okay. All right, so f- forgive me for one moment while I just retell the story, and it is, it's a good illustration. He, Blondine, French guy, who is a gymnast 100 years ago, and he, incredible gymnast, acrobat. And he, uh, the, he had this show across the Niagara Falls in America, which is, has anyone been there to the Niagara Falls? Yes, yeah, it's quite large, fairly, fairly big, right? I think, so 50 meters up, he was 50 meters up and 300 meters wide, tightrope walk, and this guy, and this guy Blondine did it as a show, and he, he tightrope walks across, and he does it, and then apparently he goes blindfolded. He did it on stilts one time. I recommend Googling this, um, but this, uh, this, I think it's a true story. Did it on stilts. <laughs> yeah, and then he, um, at one time he did it with cooking equipment, stopped halfway, cooked an egg, ate it, and then went back, and there's people watching him, it's a big show. Okay, and then one time he does it with a, a wheelbarrow and walks a wheelbarrow across the tightrope and then comes back and he goes up to the crowd with this wheelbarrow and he goes, do you believe that I, that I, that I, um, I could put somebody in the wheelbarrow and I could walk them across? And everyone's like, yeah, 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 we, we believe, yeah, we believe. Yeah, you could do that. We've seen you do all these other incredible things. You've just done it on stilts, you've cooked an egg. Yeah, we, we believe you. And then he says, okay, who wants to get in the wheelbarrow? And everyone's a bit like, ooh, silence. And you know, no one, actually, no, no, no. And then the story goes, there's one little, one little old lady comes out, and she puts her hand up, she comes out, she gets in the wheelbarrow, and then he, and Blondie walks her across the tightrope and gets, and gets back. And it was, the, it was actually Blondine's mother, it was his mum, was the only person that would trust him. Um, so that story, when he said, do you really believe, I just <clears throat> was struck by that one, because there's, the, there's that gap of, of belief. When do you believe that I could you know, walk someone across in a wheelbarrow? Yeah, yeah, I believe you could do that. I, I, I believe you could do that. We know with faith and faith in Jesus. Yeah, I, I believe in Jesus. Yeah, I believe in him. Okay, why don't you get in the wheelbarrow? And that moment you know, of, of stepping out in, in faith of stepping out. Do you really believe? It's like the, um, so the other disciples who stayed in the boat, and it's only Peter who stepped out. It's only Peter who actually said, I trust, I trust you, Jesus, I'm going to step out. I trust you. The boat is comfortable. You know, the boat is where we're in control, and we know what's going on. 
And I think all of us, we have our own boats. You know, we have all what we're in control of, you know, our comfort zones. And we like to, you know, how often I stay in what, I, what is comfortable, I know, and I'm in control, and it's in my comfort zone. But I really love this quote, that life begins, that life begins at the end of your comfort zone. You know, it's like the, the best, am I going to say this right, the, the, the worst, best place to be in? Does that make sense? <laughs> that life, life begin, at the end of your comfort zone, it's sort of, oh, but it's also the best place, the worst, best place to be in. That life begins there. That's when we can actually trust Jesus. We get to put our faith in him, that we believe him, that we're actually stepping out. You know, faith in action, that we get to step out. That there's also, this is an um, important point, that it's, we're stepping out, but it's not a us just jumping out and just jumping after Jesus or just, you know, what, then whatever it may be, but just going for it. But actually we're responding to the invitation. We're responding to Jesus' invitation towards him. He's calling us out. And, you know, he, it's going to be something that he, we'll hear him and we're following him and calling, you know, he, we're following his call to step out of the boat. We're not doing it in our own strength. But I think Jesus, all of us, when following him, he's calling all of us out of the boat to follow him. That we're not just kind of here on earth to just to, to exist or to just to, to be and survive, but he's calling us out of the boat to, for us to, to have life in all its fullness. That Jesus, he comes, he gives us life in all of its fullness. And when we step out and we lean on him and we trust in him, and we, I think we, that's when we become fully alive in him. That's when we really know him and that we're really just going for it with him. That was when we, when we step out. And I think it's the biggest thrill. And that's when we can begin to walk in what was seemingly impossible before, that when we trust in him and we're following him, then we get to walk on what was, we thought was impossible. And I believe that Jesus has many surprises for all of us. Just, he wants to surprise us with his goodness when we step out, when we follow him, when we trust in him. Roland Baker, who, he, um, who I mentioned earlier, amazing man, he said that the, the only way to be truly happy is to trust that God is in control and has you on his strings. The greatest relief, well, actually, the greatest relief is what it is. The greatest relief, the greatest freedom comes when you are under God's control. The only way to be truly happy is to trust that God is in, God is in control and he has you on his strings. The greatest relief, the greatest freedom comes when you're under God's control. Think of it. He is in control and you are totally free. That we can just, you know, God is in control and we are free and we can trust him and we can you know, just and follow him and even just relax in his presence because God is in control. And Jesus really is enough, is what he says. Jesus is enough for every single situation. Jesus really is enough. I was chatting a couple of, I think it was actually a couple of months ago, with Sam Calder, who I don't think is in the house tonight. Um, and Sam, we were, just, we were actually sharing a story, because you hear lots of stories of, what, um, of God doing amazing things, but it was, he said it was always somebody else's story, isn't it? And it's, it's always somebody else. We hear amazing stories, but it's always somebody else. It's never actually us. And I was actually, I was kind of struck by what he said, because I know that God wants to work through us all. He, I mean, he wants to, you know, all of us are out when we believe and trust in him. He, he has plans for every single one of us, wherever we go. And I just want to share this, um, 
this happened to me, and I was, I'm, I was more stunned than um, this story. Okay, so I was in a French cafe, because I love France, French cafe in South, South Ken, getting some crepes. Okay? And um, we're taking our time ordering the crepes because it's, it's a treat to be in a French cafe. So we're just taking our time and ordering, and we're at the actual counter. And noticeably, the lady who was serving us was in a lot of pain, like noticeably a lot of pain. And we're ordering the stuff, and she's called Judith, and we walk off. And I said, well, she's like, I'm in a lot of pain. I'm like, oh, I'm sorry, I hope it gets better. And we, and we walk off to, to our table. And as I'm walking off, I'm thinking, Flip, I mean, why didn't I pray for her? I mean, I've got the, the same power that conquered the grave lives inside of me. The Holy Spirit is inside of me. Why, I mean, why didn't I offer to pray? And I actually, praise God, it wasn't too late. Because then I was thinking, well, I, I, could, I still could. So went back, and I was like, Judith, could I pray for your back? And she was like, yeah, anything. Do anything, you know. Because she's in so much pain. She said, do anything you like. So, so I was like, okay, and I just prayed very simply because I also believed that we, this was for praying for her back, for the pain. I don't believe that we have to do long petitions to God convincing him because he wants you to just ask him and he will just, thought, just ask him. So it was very simple. I just put a hand on her shoulder and I said, Lord, would, Jesus, would you take the, the pain away from her back? And that was it. And then I asked Jesus, how are you feeling? And she's like, she's like the same. It's like still a whole load of pain going on. So now I'm thinking, okay, um, well, that was, I tried no, to step out of, in faith, and okay, well, I don't actually understand healing, because sometimes people do get healed, sometimes people don't. I don't understand, but we just, we just ask. So I'm thinking, okay, Judith, can I pray for your back again? <laughs> you know, what we've got to lose. So prayed for it again, and this time I asked, can I put my hands um, where the pain is? Just put my hand on her back, and just again, very simple prayer, just ask Jesus. And the, um, said the prayer, amen, and then asked her how she's feeling. She said, I actually felt something release in my, the lower of my back. And I was like, okay, okay, that's good. I, th- I think Jesus wants to completely heal you, to get rid of all the pain. I don't know where that came from, but I said, I, I, can, can I pray again? So I asked and I prayed again, and this time, very simply, and she just started crying in front of me. And I was like, okay, what happened? And she was like, what have you done with the pain? Where's it gone? Like, where's the, what have you done? I was like, I haven't done anything. I just asked God, that was not me who did that. That was, Jesus has touched you. Jesus has, he's healed your back. And he just done that to demonstrate how much he loves you. And she, I was stunned and she, she was, I was probably more stunned than she was, but she was working out what was going on. And amazingly, and then we, we went and took our seats. And then she, after a little while, she came out and she gave us free drinks. Praise God. <laughs> Praise God. So come on. So that's, it was amazing. And it was, came off the back of, I think God wants to work through all of us, like all, every single one of us. And be, he'll be nudging all of us to do what appears uncomfortable to start off with. And it's short and it seems foolish. You don't want to do it. And it appears to be like that. But he's, God is calling us to do that. And it's amazing. And we, it's the good news that keeps getting better, that it's inside all of us. And that we get to go and share that with every, everybody out, outside. That, this, that Jesus, is, he's really real. He's really real. And he's, he's alive right now. And he's, he's not mad and he's not bad and he's not sad. But he's, he's alive and he's in a good mood and he loves his children. And all of us, it's, it's that for every single one of us, that we can step out. We can actually trust in him. We can actually have faith in him. We can actually believe in him, in Jesus. 
And I think that's it. That's the, I love just that quote. The, um, the, and the only way to be truly happy is to trust that God is in control and has you on his strings. He's in control and has you on his strings. And the greatest relief, the greatest freedom comes when you are under God's control. Think of it. He is in control and we are totally free. Totally free. I love freedom, that we are totally free when God is in control, when we trust him and that he has us, you know, he has every single one of us in the palm of his hands, that Jesus really is enough. He really is enough. I just, um, at this point, I would like to, um, if I could invite the um, band back up.